0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Money Honey, the show that brings together women in finance, construction and property. Now, I say that brings together women in finance, construction and property. I have my very first male guest on the show today. And I I specifically chose this particular person to be my first male guest for a, a few different reasons. But as I've always said, if you've uh, watched any of the other episodes in the past, I have mentioned in the past that this show wasn't going to be just women in the show and no men allowed. It's not a girls club, okay? What it is, just to explain it, is a show that brings more female faces to the screen. So a safe place for women to come and practice being on the screen, speaking on you know, podcasts and just sharing their story because Let's face it. I know that, you know, in these kind of industries like construction, property and finance, there's more men that speak up than women. So I'm simply creating a safe space for more women to speak up. But we can't have the conversation alone. Right. We can't just be here talking amongst ourselves. Right. We've got to bring all genders, all backgrounds, everybody to the conversation so that we can all thrive together. And my guest today on the show is Craig Skelton. You would have seen him on LinkedIn for sure, doing his own, uh, his very own podcast that I've been a guest on three times now, by the way. So I'm not just repaying the favor and uh, putting him in the hot seat this time, but I really got to know Craig and his business model and actually discovered. So the reason I've invited Craig is because most people think that these high flying, big corporate businesses in financial services must be all led by men, and it just must be a big man's club. But I found the opposite was true in Craig's business, but I'll let him tell the story. Hi Craig.
1: Ross, how are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm doing really well and I'm really happy to see you on the screen again, but this time I'm interviewing you.
1: I know. You've got the tough <laughs> job. You know <laughs> how tough the gig is when you're interviewing rather than being the, the guest. So
0: do you think? Yeah. You find it? I
1: definitely definitely think yeah. definitely think being the host is far tougher than being a guest. Absolutely all day long.
0: Well, I just treat it as a chat. I mean, all day I chat all day long, but most of the time I'm chatting to clients and they obviously want me to deliver a job. But this I just see as just chatting to sideline colleagues, industry colleagues, friends, and most of the time strangers, because that is the tough bit when you don't know someone at all. I've known you now for, a, for quite some time um but actually for those who don't know you why don't you give us your intro what do you do and uh, and who are you
1: yeah so my name is Craig Skelton as you kindly introduced right there and I feel as though I'm sort of bigged up now so uh, I've got to give that big intro a bit of a a wait shall we say so yeah (laughs) my name is Craig Skelton I've been in financial services sort of 20 something years uh corporate worked in a banking for a little while banking sort of retail banking kind of thing financial services moved into a state agency, again, large corporate, managed teams in large corporate state agency, mortgage services, and then six years ago, realized I needed freedom, that was a big word for me, and wanted freedom, and set up CS Mortgage Solutions. Um, funnily enough, when I look back and before the podcast, think about this, when I set CS Mortgage Solutions up, which is a bit, it is relevant to what we're going to talk about, is that... Um, I set that up with um, three female colleagues who mortgage brokers in estate agencies. So there was me uh, and three of my female colleagues. Um, so I set up CS Mortgage Solutions and that was six years ago, grown that now to sort of 20 something advisors, financial advisors. We've got estate planning, equity release as well. We've got people that um, also have their own brand and trading style within CS Financial Group that help and support them build their own brand trading style and business within that and then I also coach mortgage brokers as well so people that aren't within CS Foundry Group who um, maybe with different networks different setups directly authorized sole traders and I coach them from a a business point of view from uh, from business point of view being a mortgage broker and mindset and the rest of it as well so yeah I think that was that was me in about 30-something seconds, I think, to be fair.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. I mean, today is all about you. I'd rather you do all the talking than myself. But I'm just here to guide, direct and, and guide the conversation uh, on the subject of women in finance because that's the, the, the reason you are my first male guest on the show, why I've invited you on the show, because contrary to popular belief where people think, oh, you know, men and men just set up businesses together and it's like a boys' club – Actually, you started your business with three female uh, directors. And actually, when you were talking to me about this offline, uh, you said that 60% of your workforce or your, your brokerage, uh, real brokerages are actually female.
1: Yep.
0: So yeah. So that is the opposite to the statistics that we often hear on the show. And that's the reason I wanted to bring Craig on the show, because I want the female listeners to be surrounded by... and it shouldn't be pockets I I appreciate that it shouldn't be pockets of the industry where female uh, women are thriving right it should be across the board I know that I appreciate that but we have to see it to believe it we have to touch it to embrace it so tell us Craig what is why has that come about the way it has is that been strategic has that been an accident and and you know what what's it like women in finance from your world
1: I think the thing is was when you look back and um reflect on the situation, I think because first starting out when I left school quite some years ago, I worked into went into the travel industry and the travel industry was very female dominant at that time, probably still is now to be fair, but it was very quite a female dominant. So when you're sort of 16, 17 and sort of seeing that your manager, your regional manager, were, were females, I think it's that's just an, and you just see them as human beings and people and they are, they're your bosses. It's then, it just, you don't differentiate from that sort of stigmata that. It's like, well, every boss is a, is, a, is a male and every sort of regional manager or manager. So I think that, I think when I look back, I think it was then from a, um, from that, from really the start of my working life that it's, it's just been a situation where I've worked with males and females. I've never been in a, I was in the travel industry for quite a few years and worked in retail, then went into sort of call center environment, very mixed kind of people, again, male, female. And I've always, I've never actually ever worked in a male dominated environment. So I think back when I left the left travel and went into financial services and going into a retail bank, again, that was very – my boss was a manager, to be fair, and I've got a lot of time for him because he was the person that gave me a break in financial services and got a lot to thank him for. But for the for the most part of it, it was a very, again, female-orientated environment in retail banking. So, And, and again, some of the regional managers in banking were, were female. So I think it's just – I think because that's sort of the environment you start with, it's just then natural that, well, this is how it is. You don't sort of and in fairness, it's not until you then you're put into the opposite situation. So I think when particularly when I first started with open work and open work's a network that I CS Mortgage Solutions is now is still part of and was part of from the start, is that when I worked in estate agency mortgage services, that was again Quite male-led until then. So I, I used to Inherit Teams and, and well, I'll talk a little bit about that in terms of the change of that. But it wasn't until I went into open work and the network and then went to principal events and networking events and and they actually then thinking, this is quite a male. I've gone from retail banking, we've well, gone from travel agent kind of industry to retail banking to then estate agency mortgage services and then moving into the sort of the having my own business within the network, within OpenWork. And then it wasn't until then that I thought, actually, this is quite a male-dominated environment from a principle of business point of view. And that was obviously six years ago, and things have sort of changed so so much. But that was very alien to me. And because it was alien to me, I noticed you're very aware of the situation. So I think, wow, like, because I'm quite a person that will... You know what? I'm like, look, Ross, I'm quite... I, I will come across as laid back and and I and, and I take stock of my surroundings and, and really understand the situation that I'm in. And it wasn't, and I was sat in this room with a lot of people thinking this is a very male orientated environment. Principals of firms are, and don't get me wrong, there was some, and there's still some amazing principal owners within, particularly within open work. But it was it was just that realization, then thinking, "Wow, this is quite a, a cultural shift from my own point of view." Thinking, "This is is this like the norm?" And like because, as you know, like my wife's a financial advisor within Open Work as well, different firm, different setup. But again, it was sort of it was just quite alien from for, for that of that culture shock of, "Wow, is this what the world of financial advising business owner is like?" At that point, which was like say, which wasn't the setup of my firm, and it certainly wasn't something that I was used to.
0: Right, so that's interesting. So uh, you, your background is actually very female-led, right, or just a, a lot of inclusion uh, across both genders, but then coming into financial services, you definitely noticed that male shift or you know, that male kind of presence there over the women. So how did you then end up building a business where you've shifted those uh, metrics from, you know, it being a a room full of men to having 60% of the women make up your, your firm.
1: I think the thing is, it's about people, isn't it? It's about the people that you want to work with day in, day out. And that doesn't really matter. It's all about the values that are being aligned. So that doesn't really matter what, sexuality what race what color it's just totally irrelevant it's about surrounding yourself by people that you want to work with and you feel that you've got a connection with so I know that like going back to the when I worked with the estate agency mortgage services when I sort of went first into that kind of environment and I inherited a a team I can remember inheriting a team in, in that large corporate world and it was very male orientated environment and again it it was very much a good but I think because of estate agency is female-led and the and that's sorry not female-led but you've still got very much inclusion it's very much a 50-50 kind of thing with estate agency and it's male female orientated world you've got half the regional managers were female half so again that so when I went into inherited the team and Sat down with that team. It, I didn't. I saw it as like, wow, this is very male orientated environment, and it's a very different. It's a culture shift, but at the same time, it was I like that sort of old boys club kind of situation. Really, like it's like even now it's like, oh my god, like wow, I, I hate that kind of thing. It's just it's it's like the that boys club kind of scenario and situation just it's not the kind of person that I am and the kind of person that, the, and the way that I've sort of been brought up, not only from a, a young point of view, but then just throughout my work career. So I think when I look back and then think that, and I changed that culture, like within the team that I inherited, that quickly changed and it was about getting the right people involved. Whether, if that ended up being all males that, it, it was. I wasn't seeing it from that point of view. It was having those people that are well-organized, driven, motivated. I wasn't thinking, and I remember some conversations I had, why do you want to take that person? Because the chances are they're going to have a baby in the next five years. And it's like, wow, how can, how can you even recruit somebody or dismiss somebody for a role thinking what the next, about what's going to happen in five years' time? It's like, well that is irrelevant. I'm, I'm worried about now. For me, it's about that person now. And if they want to, if that's something they choose to do in five years time, then that's fine. That's their life. And that's something that they choose to do the same as the things I choose to do in my life kind of thing. But I think it was, and especially when I set up the firm, it was looking at, it wasn't again, it, I wasn't sort of pitching all people thinking that it's an old female. Like it's only until now you think back thinking, actually, well, it was, there was me and there was, Siobhan who came on as a mortgage broker and there was Eve and there was Lisa those people that it was just that they were the top performers in my team back in the when I was in the, the corporate world and they I left they wanted to come along for the ride they sort of decided they wanted to be part of this journey they just happened to be the female but they shared my values they they trusted me we with we, we, they, they knew that the the firm would be the right culture and the right setup for them because that's what i had created back in the my employed corporate world shall we say
0: yeah i don't think that's that's exactly why we're having this conversation here craig because you're in your head you're in this space of you don't even see it you just see merit you see you know you give credit where it's due uh you are building a culture you just you know it maybe just didn't occur to you that that's what you were doing over the time and then when you entered a world that was predominantly male dominated then you realised actually not everyone operates like this and so i think that's why we need to bring awareness to different styles of leadership different styles of uh, cultures and, and management styles within businesses because that is not the norm you know i feel like you're not the norm like the way you think the way you you know your culture your attitude you know it is becoming that way there's definitely that shift I've always had male um bosses and I can't really single any one of them out for any negative reasons like I've had I've built my career I don't feel like they they held me back they they in fact my latest male boss put me forward for an award you know so it was you know I've never had that kind of like a man is holding me back type of attitude wow. um me personally but people do and people have had that kind of experience and i don't want to bring on the show you know this attitude of oh everything is great and everything is fine and you know this stuff doesn't happen look you know everyone is is living a happy life in in perfect gender harmony but it that's not the case and i've got and we haven't even touched you know ethnic minorities and even you know, the LGBTQ plus community, like we haven't even gone there yet, right? We're still trying to get the man and woman thing right. Yeah, like We're still it, trying to get the Adam and Eve days right, let alone like going towards, you know, the future of, um, you know, non-binary and uh, being gender neutral. Like that's that's coming, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can see that coming. You can, but I think that like something like you sort of touched on there was was about like like when I sort of said there like about when I first went, worked in, walked into that room with Open Work six years ago, I can sort of look at that now and see how much has changed within that network because they there are so like they're, they are working really hard and this is like like you say my my experience with this particular network and I'm sure like, there are plenty of other networks and people's experiences out there, but I sort of see that shift within networks now that you can sort of see actually there are business owners out there there are principals within open work and there is a massive I think the the old shall we say the old guard is that right I don't know how politically correct I can be with this but, <laughs> but the, the, the 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 old guard shall we say are moving on they're moving away from the industry because they can't cope with social media they can't cope with various other things as well of the world that, that is changing and that it is great to sort of see that the work, the world is changing. That from that point of view, and the networks are changing to like I like I said to you, I'm part of the sort of inclusion action group within Open Work. So, which we're not like we don't want to get to talk about today, but that's like a big thing within Open Work as a network that they're wanting to sort of see that there is an inclusion workplace and an inclusive workplace within within the network as well. So, principles there are more principles in. Female principals within the network now. I'm certainly seeing that, and people, and the more financial advisors, uh, the, the financial advisor population is ever growing with with females. So, which is a great thing because it's good to see that that old guard and that thing is is changing for the for the better, really. Because it's not you should be judged on ability. You should be judged on your values. You should be judged on who you are and what you're wanting to achieve. Not judged on other things which is it's just like you say it's just very alien to me it's not the norm so when it sticks out when it when i sort of see things like that it's like well wow how like it's a very different way of thinking shall we say
0: i'm going to ask a question that might feel might might have an answer to it um you know it might be quite quite punchy but i wanted to know have you ever had to call out a situation where you're not inappropriate, but someone else has been inappropriate and you've caught it out, like you you've called it out, then you've seen that they've said something inappropriate towards a woman or done something. Like have you ever have you ever been in that situation at all? And and you don't have to be specific, but can you share anything about that?
1: Um yeah, I can sort of recall several um situations. I think I'll just I'll be very um general if I can Ooh. just into like you say I'm i would be very know, general it's not yeah, bad, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 no, about... no no it's not but yeah. it's just very general so um at a an event uh and at a um with other principals, mortgage brokers, financial advisors, we were very much at a, quite a big event and I uh, sort of yeah an advisor who was in my firm, stood at the side of me at this event. We were talking. We just me and them, another sort of um, firm owner, shall we say, um, came to me. And we, we ended sort of having a conversation. We were talking at, talk to me. You could see they were having no. Even though the person that was just sort of the side of me could have very like could have interacted with the conversation. Could have given quite a far better account, actually, than I could have had more, far more input than I could have in that conversation. It was just very directed at me. And then at the end of it, that person sort of turned around to me, like turned round, and so sort of said, um, "You might make, want to make some notes on that." To this, to the and the shock, like like horror for me was sort of, "Wow, you actually think." And that it was quite clearly at that point they sort of said, "Well, is this not your PA?" Like I'm like, "Wow, it, like that is your assumption, just because a female is to the side of me that we are talking oh. and we're at this event together because we want to be at this event." And it and and that realization to think, "Wow, that is actually your and and the thing is, it's like you can't." That's their norm. Like, that is their norm, Roz. That's the thing. Yeah. And so... It happens,
0: honestly. It's everywhere. And, it's, it, that it, happens all the time.
1: And it does. And I think that sort of... Yeah, there's not loads of instances like that. I have had that on a couple of occasions. But I think, like, that... It's about education, isn't it? I think that's the thing with something like that. And it's okay to... I'm quite comfortable pointing that... Like, not pointing out, that's quite a strong word. But I'm quite comfortable having that conversation with that person I'm trying to ed- educate them whether th- i educate them or not or change their views or or, or their habits or like that i'm not going to i can't control that i've sort of said that plenty of times before but i will i will have my opinion and sort of say and it was very clear i'm very polite the the, the female that I was with was very polite and it, but it's about sort of and that, and that's the sort of thing with it it's about yeah well that is your opinion and that's just your assumption. I need to try and educate your assumption to actually, this is the top advisor in my firm and we're very, we've got a great relationship, they're a great individual. And actually, if you had addressed that individual more in that conversation, you would have learned a lot more just in terms of the topic that was talking about than actually I could have ever inputted into that conversation kind of thing. Yeah. I think yeah, isn't talking is...
0: about that chance, did he? Just he just assumed, and no. and you called it out, and and you don't call it out because I, I know what you're saying. It's not because you want to change that one person because you physically won't be able to change everybody, no. and there's some people you just can't change. But it's more the respect for the, your colleague, um, that's why calling things out. You know, whether you're a female or a man listening to this show right now, or however you identify, it's just when when you. See something that you just does not sit right with you, uh, and you let it go, you've almost kind of become a, uh, an accomplice to it, haven't you? you, yeah. you you're part and some people of that. won't,
1: and some people won't challenge that, Ros. That's the thing, some people will not challenge it, like I said, it's not a, another strong word, but it's just calling out. It's just, like it I said out, some people yeah. will just let it go, some people would just let it go and think, Do you know what? I'm not comfortable with conflict, and it's not conflict, it's just a converse. Like, if, if there is their assumption and you are going back on their assumption, that's not conflict. You're just having a conversation based on what their assumptions are, the same as my assumptions in terms of my the culture of me and my firm and, and my values kind of thing. So,
0: 100%. Yeah. I agree. I think it's great that there are people like yourself that call it out. Some people do suffer in silence and they don't even give the person next to them a chance to call it out because maybe they just didn't make them aware. And actually that that we have to take responsibility of that, whether you're man, woman, whoever you are, you need to call something out yourself. If you were uncomfortable with a situation and you were in a, in a I know it's a difficult conversation to be had and you, I've been in a situation for sure when I've been at an event and someone's made a comment and I told no one about it, I kept it to myself because I thought oh yeah well now if I tell my boss then he's gonna kick up a fuss and then then they're gonna know that I told on them and then I'm gonna come across like that girl that just couldn't take a joke because that's really what we're afraid of right it's like that girl that she just couldn't take a joke or or you know in the news they still do it to this day when you hear about really horrible incidences and they say keep your girls at home or she shouldn't have gone out dressed like that and you're like, What? Like, how? How is that the lesson today? (laughs) How did we take that lesson from today? So that's why I think it's important that what I'm getting from this uh, episode, if you're listening, is that you can't just assume that everyone in the room knows what's going on. If you need to call something out, call it out. Even if it's a private, confidential chat, you know, it doesn't have to be public. But also, if you've just witnessed something and you can't publicly do anything about it. I think you need to bring it to someone who can because it's not going to be addressed if no one knows about it. So definitely raise it, call it. If you see it, raise it, if you can't do anything and and you don't personally want to deal with that situation, you might have to, you know, get some help. So I think, you know, help is there. You just need to, yeah. Put your hand up.
1: Definitely. Yes. And,
0: the final question I wanted to address um, is with such a female dominated space that you're in now. Right. How does the concept of women empowering women crop up in? Do you see that or do you actually, you know, some people have very different opinions of what women empowering women. Some may say that that's their worst nightmare to be in a female led business because it can be quite catty um others would say oh yeah I want to be surrounded by more women because they're empowering do you get is there a culture now that's gone into women empowering women or does that not really play out
1: to be fair I thought it for me it doesn't really play out because and using your words because I think that's because for me it's about the right people working with the right people working with like I've said before it's it's The right people have their roles within the business, but because that it's about the values, it's about who they are, it's about the motivation, it's about actually what's inside them that's more important than than anything else. So and and that's the thing with it. It's 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 more about the individual than this, like I said, than the women empowering women kind of thing. It's not it's not really it's like the culture, particularly within my firm, is just not it's just we're all in this together. Everybody helps each other out. Like our, our compliance and risk manager is um, female. Um, so she sort of has certainly control over um, 20 advisors that she's responsible for from a compliance and risk point of view. So it's just um, – and, and all the males in the business respect that because she's in that role. She's the right person for that role. And it's not about – Like anything else it's about having those right the right people who's doing the right job doesn't matter who they are what color they are what race they are male female or anything like that it's just about having the right people in the roles who share the values and having that culture that that's just the norm and that for me is like everything's just like you know
0: yeah no that that's 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 great i think it's nice that someone is is so aligned with their values and their culture that it just it breathes and, and it breathes across the whole team. And that's exactly what culture is. Right. You know, it comes from the top down. And I can and I can see that. um How would you sum up in um, two, three or four words what your values are? Like, what are these values that you keep living by? How did you how did you come to to summarize them?
1: The three three values three words it's trust honesty integrity them they're, they're my values and everything is aligned with that with the business everything's aligned with that with my coaching everything's aligned with that with the the, the business owners that I work with It's all about that because life's difficult enough there is enough lies to see and the rest of it in the out in the in the world. so mortgage, being a mortgage broker is tough enough being a business owner is tough you don't need to create more friction by not having trust, not having honesty and not having integrity. So I think it's it has to be that because then if you've got those values and you live by those and stick to those and die by those, then it just makes things easier. And we just want, everybody wants an easier life. And being a mortgage broker is tough. Being a business owner is tough. Doing what you do is tough. But if you've got, trust honesty and integrity with yourself and your team and the people that you work with it just makes things a little bit easier
0: i love that i've got my can i show you my values
1: yeah yeah no please do absolutely
0: so, i'm just picking something from my office here so i bought this right i bought this little um i don't know what do you call it like a little ornament for my yeah. office um, and there are so many lovely words out there that you could pick for your for your values. And I picked uh, this one, um, I guess, the because it had the Bs, obviously. So yeah, yeah. I obviously picked it for that reason. That helps. And, yeah, that helps for the branding. Um, and it says, be good, be happy, be kind. And I thought, yeah, so I have that on my desk next to me. Obviously, I've got so many other values, like being authentic and um, being brave and all that kind of stuff. But I thought yeah, like, be good, like, just be good in your job, in everything you try and do, in your delivery, in your service, uh, just just being good, and obviously, that sometimes is, is enough, like, it's not about being the best, it's not about being, like, better than everyone else, it's just being good, it's like, sometimes being good is underestimated, Yeah. like, really massively underestimated, and then, obviously, happy, kind, like, the you know, being happy with what you have and where you're going, being kind to the people that are around you. You know, it's just basic values, basic principles that are underestimated, I think. You know, like you said, trust, honesty. Where where, has where that gone? Like sometimes you don't, you know, where, where did that go? Like honesty in itself is such a, again, an underrated value because sometimes if you're trying to get lost in the being great You sometimes may have to forfeit your honesty because you try and be too great that you just want to look great and not be honest. So it's really – it's hard to pick your values, isn't it? Because actually one value could end up losing another.
1: Absolutely. I think it's just being true to yourself, isn't it? I think the thing is it's just – it's thinking about, like, your values for you that that they're about being good, being happy and being kind. If you know that you're being good, if you know that you're being kind and you're you're happy – then that's o that's okay. You're true to yourself. You don't. You're not worried about what anybody else is thinking, saying, doing. Wh- however, that is, it's just. Well, I know that they're my values. I know that I'm following that day and day out, and I'm quite comfortable in my own space by doing that. I know that I'm honest with everybody. I trust people until they give me a reason not to trust them. Yes. And, and and that and that's the thing is sort of that, like, and, and I'm integrative with it. So it's just about like yeah, I think it's just about being comfortable with what you're doing, what you're achieving, and absolutely appreciate like what now, like just appreciate now, that. Yeah. Like the thing is like we are sat here on your podcast. It's your podcast that you've achieved, that you've set up, you've you've created and built. We've connected on LinkedIn and and had connections just be grateful for that 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 that's yeah. an awesome thing to then think actually so this this whole thing coming about is amazing so you've got to be grateful for things like that as well and yeah just yeah honestly with what
0: you can. yeah i think i like i don't know how many listeners are tuning in right now okay but it doesn't matter because for the last half hour all i've been focused on is just you and me and I actually create a lot of content so that I can watch it back. I know that sounds really vain, but it's not about being vain at all. It's like I enjoy my own content. I I genuinely am like going back through my Instagram, like, oh, that was a great day, or like going back through my stories. And I, I enjoy what I'm doing. So I create this content just as a journey to document. And you know what? If when I'm gone, one person says, oh, this the Money Honey show, or I remember when I used to watch that, or this, you know, do you did you know that Van Van Gogh or Van Gogh, whatever you want to call him, Van Gogh is it? Van Gogh died thinking his art was a failure.
1: Yeah.
0: I, sure. I just thought, oh, that that every every morning I remind myself of that. I'm like, this man, not only did he chop his ear off and god knows how much time he spent like painting, but he actually thought he died with it not going to any good use. And now his museum in Amsterdam is the most visited museum across the whole world. So, yeah, like that's scary, Craig, to think just the impact you're making whilst you're here, but also what it could make when you're gone. Like, it's just...
1: Yeah, yeah. the legacy that that you're creating. The question I would ask, and the controversial one is, did Van Gogh or Van Gogh... Did he see it as a failure? Obviously, he became well known and actually blew up when he was no longer here. But actually, at the time himself, did he appreciate what he'd achieved and appreciate it done? And and that because I think the failure thing is something that we've labelled on because we saw oh, maybe. it. Maybe
0: the, yeah. the failure
1: is that maybe that is the what his paintings are worth. What is? Do you know what I mean it's like we sort of see that as? And we la- labelled it as failure. I don't know. I don't, I'm just thinking That's a that. Really I, good I, I, point. Don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know the answer to the. I don't know whether that is true or not. Yeah. But he might not. He might not have seen it as failure. He might have thought, Do you know what? I've created some absolute, and I've <laughs> loved doing what I'm doing, and I've enjoyed my life and enjoyed doing what I'm doing and what I've created. Yeah. Whether people accepted it or liked it or bought it or appreciated it. I don't really care because I actually feel as if I've achieved something myself. So I don't know. I'm throwing that out there. Do
0: you know what? I hope he did. I hope he died satisfied. I hope he was like, that was a really good vase. You know, I hope he painted that fruit and was like, that was great. You know, I enjoyed that. I hope he did. But like humans, I I can only imagine that if humans then are like, you, maybe not as, as, um, I don't know. Look, this is a, a very philosophical question for the listeners to contemplate. Why not drop it in the uh, chat box in the message? Um, you know, below uh, whether you're listening on YouTube or Spotify or if you catch us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, what did you think? Do you think Van Gogh died happy, thinking, hey, "You know what? I did some good paintings. I had a good life." Or do you think he died thinking, well, What was all that for? Like, no one bought anything. I didn't even make it." Who knows? But would love to know what you guys are thinking out there. I really liked this conversation, Craig. Where can people find you whilst you're still here on this earth, blessing us with all your talent? What? Where can we find your work?
1: Um, LinkedIn is the my most where I post every day. I'm on Instagram, so I've got my own website, craigskelton.co.uk is uh, up there as well. So generally, people will be able to uh, to find me in terms of. Um, on some sort social media anyway, if they're not bored oh, of yes. me already.
0: Yeah, you're definitely, yeah, well, I'll put it in the show notes, um, you know, the link to your LinkedIn profile um, and your podcast. So I'm happy to share that with the, the listeners. And uh, if you are listening again, please don't uh, forget to give give Craig a thumbs up you know, whether on YouTube or Spotify, uh, show him the appreciation if this uh, podcast was a good uh, episode for you. And share it with anyone else that you think, you know, maybe he's leading a team, managing a team, or you're in a male or female dominated team, and you want to follow a bit more of Craig's uh, passion culture. But actually, you know, a very big takeaway from this is get your values straight. Get your values straight. Make sure that from what I've taken from this episode, the biggest lesson is make sure you have a plaque. That's it. That's the word. Yeah, plaque. plaque. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's it. it. Yes, make sure you have a plaque on your wall, in your head, tattooed on your arm, wherever you want it. But the values, the core values, have to. you have to start there and then the rest will fall into place. Definitely. Thanks again, Craig. It was amazing chatting to you now and um, being your uh, interviewer. Um, but yeah I will see you soon
1: thanks very much thanks for letting me come on to the podcast and being the first male on here so I appreciate yes, that you
0: can have that badge you are you have shown the way and I hope many men listening to this or females who want to encourage more of the men around them to to speak up and to share what they're doing in this industry for a better co-working environment yeah please I want to hear from you thank you